Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only here at K News 98.5. My my producer says I should repeat FM 98.5 many times, folks. So thank you for listening. We're here with T. Keith Gurney, and we're talking about San Luis Obispo City Planning and how it's impacting negatively the um, quality of life in town. Well, we were talking about the Anholm bike path, and the Anholm neighborhood, folks, is uh, basically over uh, by North Choro, North Broad Street in San Luis Obispo, uh, if, you, if you're familiar with town. Um, and what have they done? Have they planned a, a protected bike path down one of those streets now, or both of both them? Both of them. Both of them. What Actually, they? three of them. Ramona, too. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, what what about that do you think has made it more difficult to actually have parking downtown as, as well as parking for the residents in the Anholm neighborhood? Well, it's, it's, it's eliminating nearly 100 parking places, on-street parking places that have been there for decades. And these are quite far from downtown. You'd have to walk quite a ways if you were. Yes, but, the, you know, because of the parking and, and all, what's happening in the downtown, mm-hmm. I walk downtown. I don't take my car. Okay. Um, but I, as I was saying, um, you were asking, uh, why, why are they spending so much money on this stuff? Uh, the original bid for the Anholm Bikeway was around uh, the cost estimate that the staff put together was, uh, I believe it was a little less than a million dollars. It ended up uh, looking, they thought it was going to be, by the time they went out to bid, formal bid, it was over $3 million, and it came back $6.5 million. That was the bid they got? That's the bid they got. and uh, That was the lowest bid they got? That's the lowest, lowest bid responsible that, bid. Correct. And uh, what they ended up doing, uh, they, they, they have a special committee that reviews the expenditures of Measure G20 funds. And they have a special committee that considered this. I went to their meeting. They voted two to one against recommending spending that money on the on-home bikeway. It also included taking a lot of funds from away from other city projects that were pretty important. Like what? Uh, uh, part of the, the rail trail uh, bikeway. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I don't have my paper with me, but there were about six or seven pieces of money that they cobbled together and it went to the city council and they went ahead and authorized it. Well, and the Measure G money was a, a special half cent sales tax in the city of San Luis, wasn't it? It was one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Yeah. So we're paying one and a half cents more in San Luis Obispo than the state sales tax. Yeah. But I think, you know, the reason for the parking rate increases and the water and sewer rates and stuff, they're spending so much money on these protected bike lanes, putting them everywhere, including where they do not belong, like in Anholm, because it's a residential neighborhood. And it's a mature residential neighborhood. Yes. You tend to have older Yes. residents there, some of whom have walkers, and they're not going to be able to walk downtown. But if, if they weren't hemorrhaging money on bike lanes, they probably would be able to keep the fee structures the way they were. Ah. Or they might be able to afford to build the uh, parking structure. Yeah. 
South or the much-needed police station. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, uh, folks, who are listening to former city council member of San Luis Obispo's council, T. Keith Gurney. He's also a uh, longtime urban city planner. Uh, who has planned, uh, you've, you've planned things from Humboldt to Venice, haven't you? Humboldt to San Ysidro. San Ysidro, okay. Actually, Crescent City to San Ysidro. <laughs> and uh, I also did some work in Washington and Croatia. Okay, well, we're going to talk about Croatia someday. Okay. Um, so so the, the key thing about this huge expenditure is, is once the city council had decided they wanted to have that bike path, it didn't matter what they wanted or how much it was going to cost the day they approved it. Uh, they were just going to go ahead with it, yeah, no they, matter how much they it didn't cost. Listen. Didn't listen. Hmm. And there was overwhelming opposition in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood and by the uh, by the committee that was supposed to uh, administer the funds from Measure G. Precisely. So where are they... Uh, where do you think this impetus for the city council is coming from to ignore those factors in order to put in these uh, expensive protected bikeways? Well, the, the, the word was that uh, the city had put out an estimate that 8% of the population rides bikes. I knew that was wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. almost 1 in 10 people riding bikes. You, you go down and take a look at these facilities there's hardly anybody using them. Uh, and at the dinner the other night with RQN, I believe uh, uh, Derek Johnson said it's closer to 3% uh, that are actually using bikes, and that's probably a little more realistic. I think that's right. And uh, But you're, you, to answer they're, your, they're, they're, the city's goal is to get it up to 20%. I know. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Um, but the uh, well, if I can, if I can, also relate something that the city manager, to be fair, yeah. did say, and I don't know if this is accurate, but he he said that the um, at least on Marsh Street, the placement of the protected bike paths and all the signage and uh, restrictions on turning has uh, slowed the speed of the traffic from 50 miles an hour down to 30 miles an hour. And, of course, that's more or less what was always posted, but uh, what he says is that... that People weren't following People the speed weren't limit. following that speed limit. Um, I don't think I've ever gone down Marsh Street going 50 miles an hour. Well, I have, but the statute of limitations has run. <laughs> I was much younger. Uh, <laughs> in those days, we were a cruising town before you... Yeah. Closed off the streets yeah. <laughs> on Thursday nights. The, uh, um, but but I think uh, if that's a correct uh, statement, he he said that what that meant was that if you had a a collision between a vehicle and a bicyclist or a pedestrian at one of those corners, that uh, the chances of survival and and survival without you know tremendous disability afterwards was greatly increased. So I, I don't know if that's a correct statement. Well, I think statement, there's, but there's a lot of traffic calming measures that could have been used other than putting together an exclusive bike path. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the other uh, 
problems that uh, I think has been identified is we have a lot of roads that are in dire need of repaving. Yep. Um, has these, in your view, has the focus on building the bike paths interfered with the paving and repaving of... Uh, well, I, I've noticed that the, the, since we had a lot of rain last year, mm-hmm. there were a lot of potholes oh, yeah. in the roads. Madonna Road, uh, Los Osos Valley Road, I mean, a lot of potholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it, these bike paths, like in, in, in my neighborhood, in, in Broad and Choro, I bought my house in 1972. And at the time... The villages, which is used to be Tropicana Village, was a student. It was a student housing. Now it's and senior housing. And the cars housing. used to go down. There were no stop signs. Cars used to go down Broad Street, little narrow Broad Street. Uh, some were clocked at 70 miles an hour there, to get to the freeway. It was a freeway on? On yeah, ramp. Yeah. 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 But, but when we put in the stop signs and some of the speed bumps, mm-hmm. we never had a car on bike accident since the early 1970s on Broad and Choro. And now um, these installations are really going to expose dangers to cyclists and residents and motorists. Well, uh, I mean, one of the obvious things is if if a resident is pulling into their driveway, as they usually do, off Broad Street, they're going to go in nose first. And so then they're going to be backing out across the bike lane. Two bike lanes. Two bike Choro, lanes. On Choro. Oh, Lord. Um, it's a double cycle track. So they have to, yes, both separated by concrete barriers. Yes. From each other, even. No. No. Just one concrete Just, barrier, two bike lanes, curb of the sidewalk. Okay. So they're going to have to not only look for traffic, but look for the bicycles in each direction. Yes. And um, 16 driveways. Wow. So we're coming up on another hard break here. You're listening to T. Keith Gurney speaking with me. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins, at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews FM 98.5. 